You're listening to the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a member of the Rivals Network. For the latest information, news, and stories on Marshall University athletics, check out the Running with the Herd podcast. To the right sideline across midfield, Keaton gets a block. Here he goes, 30, 20, 10, to lead Keaton all the way. Touchdown, Thundering Herd. DeWeaver takes the snap, backs up inside the five, flushed out of the pocket. Hodge wraps him up and sacks him. Third sack of the day, third sack of the half for Darius Hodge. Xavier gains across the 10, angles over the five. He's fighting for the goal line. He dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Herd, and Marshall takes the lead. The give to Knox, goes right, has the first down, breaks the tackle. Over the 10 and five, Brendan Knox drags an owl over the goal line. He's in. Touchdown, Herd. Marshall takes the lead with 36 seconds to play. Brendan Knox on a 17-yard run and what a run it was without further ado the running with the herd podcast aaron coleman here in the running with the herd podcast powered up by herd nation a part of the rivals network and we're here with matthew bartlett editor of the roost one of the uh, leaders in uh, conference usa talk matthew welcome to the podcast sir Yeah, it certainly has, and uh, let's dive right into it here. Uh, Conference USA has had uh, quite an interesting year. We talked about it kind of off the air a little bit with uh, COVID and everything else. Now, as we get into the 2021 season, there's some new faces not only on the sidelines but also uh, between the lines. Talk to me a little bit about Conference USA, the parity that there is, and who do you think is going to come out on top in both the East and West divisions? I don't know if I've given this quote on the show before, but I'll always harken back. I think it was the 2019 US, uh, Conference USA Media Days. So I was talking to Skip Holtz, head coach of Louisiana Tech, and he said, mm-hmm. Conference USA is a lot like NASCAR. Everybody has the same engine. It's just who drives it best on any given Saturday. Um, and, and I think that's telling because the, from the maybe excluding, sorry, UTEP, maybe excluding UTEP, uh, the difference between the top teams, uh, you know, your UABs, your Marshalls, and the, and the middle, middle to lower tier isn't that much. So I don't think this is a league that we can just anoint, uh, you know, UAB, Marshall, FAU, kind of the, the old guard as the, the clear favorites. It would not surprise me whatsoever if we have a, a new team or a couple new teams in the championship game this year. Yeah, certainly. There's uh, been a lot of uh, speculation and a lot of uh, talk surrounding some of the new uh, Power 5 transfers that have come in, especially at the quarterback position in Conference USA. When you talk about the young man who's transferred in from Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky, Nikosi Perry, who transferred in from Miami of Florida to FAU, you know, there's just been a lot of key transfers that are going to be relied upon heavily in this 2021 season. Yeah, and I think that's really going to drive a lot of who ends up getting to the championship game, winning the conference. If you look at just from a, a pure uh, passing volume and, and statistics uh, outside of Grant Wells uh, with the herd, uh, Frank Harris is your second best returning quarterback in Conference USA. And that's a that's a kind of a proposition 
And so, who settles in? You mentioned Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky, Austin Kendall, Louisiana Tech, Bailey Hoffman, Middle Tennessee, and of course, Luke McCaffrey at Rice. Um, one or two of those guys transferring down from the Power Five is going to hit, and that might be the difference. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And uh, we kind of alluded to it a little bit ago. Um, there's going to be some new faces, especially on the coaching side. When you talk about Marshall, uh, Coach Charles Huff has uh, come in. He's uh, replacing Doc Holliday, who had been there for 11 years, guided the team to one championship in Conference USA and eight bowl games in those 11 years. Coach Huff inherits a very good team with a lot of returning players and a freshman of the year in Grant Wells. Um, just talk to me a little bit about Huff, his pedigree, and what do you think he's going to bring to the sidelines in Huntington? I mean, in theory, on paper, you're talking one of the most plug-and-play options, right? This is a guy who's been there, he's done that, he's recruited and won at a high level uh, during his time at Alabama, and then he comes to Marshall and he's taking over a roster uh, that I think, and this is important, with the COVID rule allowing for that extra eligibility, uh, his, the Marshall roster and a lot of rosters in Conference USA aren't replacing as much as they would in, in his first year, as, as might typically be the case with a new coach coming in. So I think, that to, given that, his first year is not being treated as a year zero, as, you know, just come in, rebuild, start over. He's kind of being expected to kind of take the pieces and put Marshall over the top and, and win that championship that eluded Doc Holliday uh, for so long. So that's a, that's a tall ask for a first-time head coach. But um, if anybody is going to do it, he, he certainly seems to have as good a, good a shot as anyone. Certainly. And when you talk about uh, Marshall here, obviously you return the quarterback in Grant Wells, but you also – have a lot of pieces in place like we talked about. You have some capable wide receivers and tight ends, guys like Talit Keaton, Corey Gamage, Xavier Gaines, those kind of guys. You return quite a bit on defense as well. I mean, the cupboard's not bare, certainly, in Marshall, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where when you're a first-year coach, you're going to have you're going to have some hiccups. You're going to have some growing pains. But the cover's certainly not bare for him. No, I think the only real spot that I, I have a lot of questions, honestly, is the offensive line. The, the loss of Kane Madden to Notre Dame, I don't think that can be understated how important that's going to be. Uh, because as we were talking about off-air, uh, it looked like Grant Wells was seeing ghosts when he faced off against the Rice defense last year. And the Rice defense is is going to be one of the better defenses in Conference USA. Uh, but when he has to go up against, uh, you know, your Florida Atlantics, your Western Kentucky, uh, some of those better defenses in the East, not having that security blanket, the offensive line having a bit more question marks there, uh, that could be the difference between a game or two that is deciding who, who's, who's going to win the East. Right, and he's also losing a capable security blanket and the quality wide receiver in Brock Thompson, who is uh, going to Purdue to be closer to his family due to his brother's uh, cancer diagnosis and everything. But, I mean, you can't really understate, like you said, about the offensive line. 
when you looked at those games last year, especially that game against Rice, which we talked about off the air, you had a couple of linemen who were missing for that game, and you saw the result. I mean, you saw the result there, Matthew. And it was just one of those things where, yes, there's a lot of experience returning, and there's some quality transfers coming in, like the young man Billy Ross from North Carolina, who is a Huntington native, who's going to be starting for the herd on the offensive line. But those guys have to gel together quickly, or it could be somewhat of a disappointing season, in my opinion, for, for Marshall. Yeah, I think so. And I think Marshall does have the benefit of at least how their schedule is weighted. They start with their conference slate is, is Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, North Texas, and FIU out of the gate. Those are all games that regardless of how good the offensive line is, Marshall should win pretty handily. The second half, FAU, UAB, and Western Kentucky, that's really going to be the prove-it time. So you would like to think that that offensive line, and, and we didn't even mention Brendan Knox at running back not being there, and then they'll have some time to gel and before they get to the heart of the schedule where they're really going to have to earn it. Right, and speaking of Brendan Knox, there's a slew of capable backs that are going to be trying to see if they could uh, fill in those shoes. But that's one of the things where if you look at it, you're replacing a three-year starter and a one-time Conference USA MVP, but you you have some guys that got some quality playing time and have some capable legs and uh, guys that can really make something happen in Sheldon Evans, Rasheen Ali, and Knowledge McDaniel. So I think that when you have questions about the running back position, there's really not a ton of questions there because it all starts with the five guys up front. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like we mentioned, the, the talent level is there. When Marshall is, is promoting up from within, it, it looks a, a lot better than it does in some other spots in Conference USA. It, it's all going to come down to how can the new pieces gel in, in a new system with a new head coach, uh, adjusting all of that on the fly and then keeping expectations as high, as high as they are is, is a tough, uh, uh, going to be a hard needle to thread, we'll say that. Right. Who do you think is going to be the surprise team at Conference USA this year? A team that you think might have uh, not have had the best year in 2020, but could take that next step forward in 2021? I'm having a hard time discounting what Western Kentucky could be capable of. Uh, especially with Bailey Zappi coming in. If, if you look at what he was able to do at Houston Baptist, he threw the ball all over the yard and, and lit up some Conference USA defenses in the process. Uh, he brings with him basically his entire receiving core and his offensive coordinator to Western Kentucky. So they just picked up that offense and moved it to the east. So if you add that offense uh, and then you add some of the defensive pieces that like they have with D'Angelo Malone on the, on the defensive line, you could be looking at a perfect storm with Western Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they're one of those teams that's been there before. They've they've had some success in the past. They kind of fell off the last few years, but they're a team to look out for. Another team that I think is uh, going to surprise some people, it may not show up in the win-loss column, but I think it's going to show up on Saturdays, and I think it's one of those teams where 
when they're good, Conference USA is strong. And that's Southern Miss with Will Hall, the new head coach there. They had an upset win over FAU to close out the season. They had their struggles. They lost to South Alabama. They obviously had their struggles. They fired their coach in the middle of the season. But for them to kind of rally together for that last game and knock off a solid, worthy opponent in FAU and kind of go into the Will Hall era with that momentum, I think was a really big feather in the cap for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, and it's interesting because we entered the 2020 season amidst all the, the COVID uncertainty, and, and pretty much everyone to a man said, you know, we can't hold the results of 2020 uh, weight them the same as we did any other year. It's just going to be a weird year. And then they played what games they could play, and then we said, well, they didn't do so good, so it's, you know, burn it all down. But you mentioned uh, Southern Miss, three head coaches in one year. They had an interim coach that got hired away mid-season. They had half their defense opt out, basically, before the season began. And just so much turmoil. And, and you really have to just call it a lost year um, as, as much as you might, might not want to. But they're starting from a different spot than uh, you know the, some of the lower-tier teams in the conference. Uh, they really, really like what they have with Trey Lowe uh, at quarterback. Jason Brownlee has the potential to be one of the top receivers in Conference USA. Uh, and, and Frank Gore Jr., you know, I think he has some growth uh, opportunities to, to take that step and, and, and really – you know, live up to his namesake. So there's there's a lot of pieces there. The, the cupboard is, is not there, and they have a coach that's promising to bring in, you know, a pretty exciting uh, brand of offense, which has been missing in Hattiesburg for the last several years. It's been defense, defense, defense. So I, I, I like the potential of that team. I don't know if uh, I'm as high on, you know, like you said, the, the potential for them to maybe contend for the West or, or produce a big game, number in the win column. Oh yeah, that is not a team that you look at when you're placing that when you're facing them rather and you're saying, "Oh, you know, this is pretty much a win." You know, you do not look at Southern Miss in that light. And it's one of those things where it might not show up in the win column in year 1, but as time goes on, if they give Will Hall a chance to recruit his kind of players and those guys that you mentioned, Brownlee, Frank Gore Jr., if those guys develop the way they're capable of, they will be a contender in the West in a few years. And, you know, it's one of those things where they just have to trust the system and trust what Will Hall can do. Um, Taking a look at Rice, of course, uh, the team that kind of derailed the season for Marshall a year ago, uh, Mike Bloomberg has done a great job as the coach at Rice, and he's kind of built his program in his image and the players seem to be responding to it and it could be one of those seasons where Rice could probably get bowl eligible if if they put it all together when you look at the Owls Matthew and you're obviously close to the program what do you see there I mean you have all the pieces right you have a defense that shut out the Marshall offense, as you remember, uh, and they did it. They basically didn't have a secondary last year. They were without the top five 
uh, members of their secondary for the basically the majority of the season uh, because of mainly injuries and, and just trying to get back on the field. So if they were able to do that without a secondary, you've got to think that the, the floor of this team is, you know, the third best scoring defense in Conference USA. Uh, if not better. So there's that piece. And then they also played, by the time that Rice was practicing to play UAB for the last game of their season, they had one scholarship wide receiver available to practice. So, and you have now Brad Rosner is going to be back after missing all of last season. You have a healthy receiving core. All of the pieces are there. And the biggest one is quarterback. And that has uh, Luke McCaffrey coming in from Nebraska in mid-June, a late addition to the class. It's going to be the most talented by recruiting rankings player that has ever stepped foot on campus for Rice. So you add all those pieces together, you have an elite defense, you have a lot of playmakers on offense, and you have the quarterback. Uh, I think sneaking into a bowl berth would be disappointing for the team this year, which is uh, saying something after winning five games over the past two seasons. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a really interesting time in Conference USA. And when you take a look at it, Matthew, this happened earlier this offseason, is they had announced the fact that there was going to be a new playoff format with a group of five team getting a bid into the playoffs. What do you think that means for G5 football and what do you think of the possibility that a Conference USA team could possibly get into the playoff in a few years? Uh, I'm not sure. If you look back at last year and years prior, even with the successes that UAB and Marshall have had, they haven't been on par with the UCFs, the Cincinnati's, the Boise State's, those programs that when you think G5 football have historically produced some of the best best products on the field. So I think Conference USA is starting, um, you know, probably above the mat, uh, but maybe even even honestly below the Sun Belt and the pecking order after what they've been able to accomplish in the past couple of years. So I think the the playoff is an attractive idea for a Conference USA team, I don't think they're that close, even with the, the possibility of an automatic bid being out there. If they were going to get there, I mean, you would have to um, put together a couple, probably, Power 5 wins and a sterling record in conference. So you're talking about um, finishing up. There's been some, some Power 5 upsets in the conference in recent years, but you're talking, you know, multiple power five upsets and then running through the conference slate with maybe a loss here or there. And that's, that's not something we've seen from a conference USA team since I'm trying to remember. It's, it's been a long while. Houston. Yeah. Houston was the closest one. Houston was the closest one when they had Case Keenum and uh, Southern Miss and Jeff Bowers last year there knocked off the Cougars and spoiled their hopes of a then-BCS Bowl. Yeah, that, that would probably have been the last one. So, Right, because the year that Marshall was undefeated in 2014, they had lost to Western Kentucky in that shootout game by one point, 
And even if they would have won that game, Matthew, they still would have been behind Boise State in the computer rankings, and they probably would not have gotten that uh, group of five bid to one of the bigger money bowl games, in my opinion. All right, Matthew, we'll wrap up with this. Predictions for the year. Who do you see your championship game being, and who do you see the Conference USA MVP being? Uh, This is tricky. Um, As much as I like a lot of the options there, what Bill Clark has done at UAB and the way they've been consistently able to reload and reload after all they've been through, I... I'm gonna. I have to see it for somebody else to dethrone them uh, before I pick against them. So I'm gonna go with UAB in the West, and then I, I have a hard time going with the first year head coach in the East. So uh, apologies to the Marshall fans that might be listening to this. I'm I'm gonna be the, uh, the black sheep and, and go pick Western Kentucky. Uh, I really do <laughs> like Bailey Zabby, and I think the ceiling. Is there, and I'm sure you can go go find me and, and, and rail at me and my mentions on Twitter. <laughs> Correct me on that. Maybe I'll be wrong, um, but I'll go UAB in Western Kentucky for the championship game. Uh, and if Bailey Zappi can get him there, uh, he would be the MVP. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Marshall out of the East. Not a homer pick. I think that uh, because uh, Charles Huff's going to bring a lot of excitement, energy to the program. I think it's going to carry over onto the field. Grant Wells kind of shakes off whatever was getting at him the last few games, and those guys put it together. They're coming out of the East, and I'm picking UTSA out of the West there, Matthew. I think that Sincere McCormick is a great running back. I think that he's one of the guys that – you're going to talk about in a couple of years being a possible NFL draft choice. So I'm going to go Marshall UTSA in the conference championship game. Your MVP, I would say, hmm, I would say either Sincere or possibly uh, Grant Wells out of Marshall. And, uh, you know, those those are the two guys that I would say would probably be front runners for conference MVP. Those are good picks. I know I, it's interesting that the folks that I've talked to uh, that cover UTSA, Jared Thomas uh, with Underdog Dynasty, mm-hmm. had him on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. He was actually pumping the brakes on the UTSA love. And I think he had a, a couple of good points. They played a lot of close games in a year where lots of stuff didn't go right for other programs. So I, I love Sincere McCormick. I think he's the most talented player in Conference USA right now, uh, hands down, both sides of the ball. Yep. But uh, we'll have to see. It's, it's going to be interesting. The West uh, will not be boring this year, I can say that. Oh, no, no. Certainly outside of UTEP, there's really no uh, off weeks in uh, Conference USA on the Western side there. There certainly isn't. Hey, and, and UTEP starts their season for the first five teams they play. Did not play football last fall. Wow. So, I mean, I'm not saying this is a year for UTEP, but if you're setting up a schedule for the Miners to reel off some wins, that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah, it certainly is. Dana Demel, he's uh, uh, trying to build that thing down in El Paso, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, Matthew, uh, to wrap it up here, um, 
where can folks find the roost talk a little bit about that and uh uh shout out your social media and that sort of thing so the people can find you yeah you can find all our stuff at afterroost.com we got everything there conference usa and life specific stuff and then uh for your Marshall folks and Conference USA folks around here, we put out this past weekend, time's flying by, uh, our Conference USA preview, which is uh, 88-page digital magazine, covers all things Conference USA. It's got five pages on every conference team, and we go through, uh, you know, top incoming transfers, projections, depth charts, the whole the whole nine yards. So afterroost.com slash shop, you can pick it up for five bucks. Uh, cheaper than any other conference or preseason magazine you're going to find it's going to be more in-depth um, focus on stuff and, and circling back with people who, who live this and cover this beat on a daily basis to help put it together so we're pretty proud of it we're happy it's here and and, and if it's preseason magazine time that means football's almost close right so oh yeah oh for sure i mean anytime that i go to the store and i see some preseason college football magazines i'm always happy They weren't out till July, and I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> hey, Rice didn't play their first game until October 24th. Yeah. Forever be grateful for preseason. Absolutely. Great stuff as always, Matthew. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Music credits for the intro go to Jonathan, the producer. Jonathan Walsh wrote it and produced it in conjunction with Savage Multimedia Group. Game audio is credited to Steve Cotton, Marshall University, and Learfield IMG College. Thanks for listening to the Running with the Herd podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at RWithTheHerd and also at Herd Nation. Also like us on Facebook at Running with the Herd and at Marshall Thundering Herd at Herd Nation. Thanks again and go Herd!